of Storytime. Today, I will continue reading M.C. Higgins the Great. This book was written by Virginia Hamilton. I'll start at page 54. If you have the book, you can follow along. If you don't, no problem. Just get in a very comfortable place and get relaxed and listen quietly to M.C. Higgins the Great. Once, just before noontime, he thought he'd heard it growling like a mountain coming to life. M.C. listened, but heard nothing unusual. He sat, flexing the muscles in his left arm while gazing peacefully out toward town. Beneath his shirt, his arm was rock hard. The feel of its strength, all his own, made him smile. Hurry up, Jones, he said quietly, softly. John Higgins, Jones Higgins always rode M.C.'s beat-up bicycle through the foothills. There had been a time when M.C. hadn't had the strength yet to ride the bike on the hills, but now he could ride it better than Jones, 200 feet up and then down. Lately, it seemed to get harder and harder for Jones to make the trip from the steel mill to home. His daddy, M.C., don't ever, never, ever in no steel town and work in no steel mill. Now me, I like steel, but I don't have no union. No yard labor by the day has the union. But give me the union and I'll be the best in the open earth. I'll be the best crane man they ever seen. I got the kind of hand for a crane machine if I just had the union. M.C. grinned now as his father broke over the summit of the hill. He swung his pole in its gracefully sweep as Jones speeded down the slope. Riding too fast to see where he was going, his father hit a pole. The bike lifted clear off the ground. It hit a bump and skidded sideways. Jones fell off on his side. He rolled over in a wheeling motion. He got up to his feet, grabbed the bike, and rolled again. M.C., so you can't have a crane and you can't have a union because you are a day laborer. His daddy, that's right, M.C., so why don't you get a strip mining machine? They don't care if you are a day laborer or if you are a union. His daddy, they ain't machines, M.C., they machines just the same as a crane, his daddy. They don't handle steel. They ain't machines, MC. They handle the earth, his daddy. They ain't machines, MC. So what are they, daddy, his daddy? They are heathen, a destroyer. They ain't machines. Jones rode the bicycle, twisted forward over the handlebars like a hunchback. He appeared like a phantom phantom only to disappear again in the trees. He came back into view suddenly, speeding down the last foothill across Sarah's. He narrowly missed rocks and clumps of trees as he hurtled down. At the base of the hill, he slid to a stop in a cloud of dry earth dust. Then he walked the bike down into the gully and on up the side of Sarah's. MC prepared to slide down his pole. First, he stood with his feet balanced on the pedals. Then he squatted down until he had a firm hold on the pole below the wheel. He pushed his feet off the pedals one at a time 
and gingerly hung from the pole by the full strength of his hands and arms. When his back muscles tightened to the point of pain, he wrapped his legs around the pole and slid down, easily down. He went quickly to the great arbor built on the near side of the house. The leaves concealed a water spigot connected to the house. The arbor was green now, but skimpy. Grapes grew small and not at all sweet to the taste. Used to be mama could make quarts of jelly out of a yield, MC thought, but not now. Reluctantly, he thought of the mining cut at the top of Sarah's and the harsh acids that washed down when it rained. Did they poison the grapes? He felt a momentary dread, but he calmed down thinking of the dew. MC connected the hose to the water spigots. He opened cold and hot water valves on either side, mixing the water from the spigot to a warm flow. Both hot and cold water had the same source, the well with its pump at the rear of the house. No longer did they need to use the pump. The water came from the well through the spigot under pressure. There was a force pump in the crawl space under the house. MC and Jones had connected a hot water tank to one pipeline from the well. They had been lucky to find the tank with just one busted seam, and they had taken it, rolling it the miles to the mill to have it soldered and seamed. For a month, they had covered it with brush and pine bows at nightfall so no one would steal it. Now MC's family was one of the few in these hills who had both hot and cold running water. Jones Higgins was about to die from exhaustion and from the searing midday heat. He threw down the bike with a louder clatter as he couldn't stand to touch it a second longer. As though it rusted twisted metal was poker hot, the bicycle chain jumped off his track and on it on impact. But Jones didn't stop. He peeled off his shirt and overalls once he was moving on the path through the sweet briar. He glanced back at the strike stricken bike and cursed with all of the meanness he had in him after a morning at the mill. MC, he called, meaning for MC to come fetch the bike and fix the chain. MC didn't move. By the time Jones reached the great arbor, he had stripped down to his undershirt and shorts. Panting and sweating, his brown skin glistening, he tore off his undershirt and handed the whole bundle of salt-stiff clothes to MC. Why didn't you answer somebody when somebody calls, he said. His eyes were shot through with bloodlines. They were fierce, but with a hint of warmth, as though he had waited for something. Hi, MC said softly. He expected no answer and got none as he passed the clothes through the side window to his oldest brother. Harper snatched them up and disappeared. MC took the hose, shielding the spigot with his body. He turned on only one faucet. He spun around, aiming the hose. He let Jones have all the force of cold, well water, full in the face. Jones had his mouth open ready to say something. He had just inhaled when icy water hit him. He doubled over, but MC kept the flow from the hose trained on his mouth. 
Gleefully, MC moved in closer. He laughed and laughed as he sprayed his father's ears and neck and soaked his underwear. One child and then another peeked out through the window. No sooner had they seen what was going on than they darted away and out of sight. Confound you, trying to drown me. You son of a gun. You, you're going to get it this time. Jones choked out the words and sat down on the wet ground, his body trembling with cold. He coughed and sputtered. MC whooped and shouted. It was the first time in a long time while that he had caught his daddy off guard. Swiftly, he swung the hose around and sprayed Jones from head to toe. Jones jerked with cold spasms, but suddenly he was on his feet again. He forced himself forward, heading right into the spray. In a crouch, his hands were in a position for sparring. Instantly, MC dropped the hose and moved around. He moved around Jones as Jones stalked him. His gaze never left his daddy's eyes, with the lashes now soaked into points like star tips. MC raised his hands in front of his chin and held them out a foot apart and palms facing each other. He knew his daddy would want to play the game. Although he hadn't played it in many months, years ago, it had been the hardest kind of game for MC to take. Jones had tried to slap MC's face hard as he would attempt to do now. Only then, MC never had been fast enough to shock his father's hands away. He always ended up crying. MC, stop it, stop it, daddy, his daddy. Going to make you tough. Anyone try to worry you, will break it but you'll break his bones. MC moved in. Jones moved in with lightning squat towards MC's cheek, but MC broke its force with a powerful cut with the side of his hand. Ouch, Jones yelled. Sure, come on, MC said. Try to get in. Jones leaned close to MC, but try as he might, he couldn't get anywhere near in near MC's face. His blows landed as bows on MC's hard arms or sharp elbows or they were broken by MC's tough palms like swoop shovels. Jones rubbed his hands. A frown of pain crossed his face. All at once he let his arms drop to his sides, signaling time out. MC continued to hold his own hands up in defense. You're getting good, Jones told him. MC nodded, nodded, waiting. I wasn't trying too hard, though, Jones said. MC had to smile. Admit you can't get in, he said. Never, Jones said. Go on, MC said, grinning. Admit I'm too good for you. Jones shook his head. No, sir. Dripping with cold, his arms and legs were covered with goose flesh. He eyed MC and then began backing away from him. MC watched him a moment, not comprehending what his father was up to. When Jones reached the yard near the jump, MC caught on. Hey, he yelled. Jones was scrambling over car bodies. Get away from my pole. Jones leaned out and grabbed the pole above his head. Get away, it's mine. You can't climb it. Dollar says I can. Jones twisted his legs around the pole pushing up with his thigh muscles he tried to scoot up it he would shimmy up a foot or two only to slide slowly down to the bottom 
You gambled and lost. He, MC shouted frantically. Jones pumped and pushed, try as he might. He couldn't get more than a few feet up the pole. Dollar, dollar, MC said. You see, there's a secret to it, and only I know what it is. What's the secret, Jones said. Never tell you, MC answered. For a moment, Jones rested. Then he let go of the pole and climbed back over the car junk, looking sheepish. I could have done it, he said, coming across to MC. But I've been working all morning, and I'm all wet besides. You're getting too old, MC said with mock sadness. Jones hugged his shoulders, shivering. Old, nothing, he said. Just tired is all. There was a wistful tone in his voice before it was gone. MC took up the hose again. Dollar, dollar, you said so, he told his father. I know what I said. I'm good for it, Jones answered. MC was surprised and pleased at the sudden windfall of money. He ended the game by opening the hot water faucet and spraying his father with warm water. The chalk color caused by caked salt from Jones's sweat washed off his skin. Soon he would be his own true black self again. He sat back down on the ground, breathing deeply. He rubbed his chest contentedly. But there was a glint in his eye when he looked up at MC. I'll have to get you one time, he said. Any minute before this day is done, I'm going to even the score. Bet you won't, MC said. You want to bet that dollar? Jones asked him. No, MC said. Easier dollar I've ever easiest dollar I've ever made. Their playing had taken only a few minutes. Now he wouldn't come too close to his father, even though Jones looked worn out. Think I'll tell your mom on you instead, playing tricks on me, Jones said. MC looked down at his feet. Even Jones suddenly looked uncomfortable. Both of them knew it wasn't fair to bring his mother, Vanina, into fooling around business when she had to be gone the whole time and they missing her. Take that pole of yours and wrap it around your head, Jones said, by way of getting his wife off his mind. Touch my pole again and you won't ever stand up. M.C. had barely got the words out of his mouth when Joan was on him, wrestling him to the ground. He had knocked M.C. down and had pinned him before M.C. realized he was lying with the hose running water under him. Jones took up the hose and put it down the back of M.C.'s pants. He smiled at his son, landing his knees just above M.C.'s hips he squeezed too hard. Pain took M.C.'s breath away. He tried to warn Jones with his eyes. Jones squeezed twice, and each time M.C.'s waist and shoulders jerked off the ground. Finally, M.C. managed to scream. Instantly, Jones leaped away. Did I hurt you? I didn't mean to hurt you, he said anxiously, holding back tears. M.C. forced himself not to cry. I don't know my own strength, Jones said. He bent over to help M.C. up wasn't trying to hurt you, M.C. said. A moment ago, they had been playing. Sure, they played rough, but he had got his father in a rare good mood. Now there was tension between them, and he hated to admit that his father was still the stronger. I wasn't trying to hurt you either, Jones said, saying, but sometimes you do take too much on yourself. 
I was just playing, MC said. Okay, Joan spoke calmly. But you get to thinking because you can swim, and because of that pole, you are some MC Higgins the Great. I never thought it, MC said. Just mine. Who was it taught you to swim? And who was it gave you the pole, Joan said. Now come on, holds me good. I have to get back to the meal business. MC did as he was told, and yet he felt a sullen anger at his father and an abiding admiration at the same time. He didn't know why. The hard-edged pain at his waist was now a dull kind of throb. He holds Jones from head to foot, aware that he, uh, he and his father was greatly resembled one another. Jones was a powerfully built man. He wasn't tall, but he had a broad chest and lean but wide muscular shoulders. He was narrow through the hips, just as MC was, and his legs were long with muscles grown lengthwise. His toes were splayed with the bridge flattened wide, as were MC's, the way a swimmer's feet will look. Jones was a swimmer, but somehow his fine physical equipment had never quite come together. As a man, he wasn't as good a swimmer as MC was right now. What will I be at his age, MC wondered. Be on this mountain? His mind spoke for Jones. No, MC thought. His brother, Lenny Poole, thrust a clean towel and a dry pair of shorts over out of the window. MC shut off the hose, took the clothes and towel, and handed them to Jones. Automatically, he turned his back to his father so Jones could wipe dry, take off his wet underwear, and put on the fresh pair. MC went inside the house into the kitchen. There, Macy Pearl had pulled four chairs and a crate covered with blue linoleum up to the kitchen table. The children had taken from the icebox the greens with pork butt and cornbread, which MC had prepared the night before. They had warmed all of it in the oven of the wood-burning cook stove. MC found that the food in the oven was hot and ready to eat. He dished it out onto onto plates Macy handed him. Then he poured milk into brown cups for Macy and Lenny. Pool. Lenny got just half a cup, even though he was bigger, because he tended to spill a full cup. It was Macy Pearl who could have most of the milk. If she left it over, Lenny could have it. it. And if he didn't want it, the next in line to get it could have had it. The children stared at MC in, the, in his soaking wet clothes. He went by them, passing through his father and mother's bedroom into the place given to him for himself. All right, boys and girls, we're going to stop here and we will continue very soon. That was M.C. Higgins the Great, written by Virginia Hamilton. I'm Sheree Hardy, and thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, boys and girls. Thank you.